Hello. Many of y'all don't know me out there personally, and so what I'm about to share, I wanted to give a little bit of context for, because for a number of years, the Lord has been talking to me about what He's doing on the earth, what His heart is for me, for my family, for those that I know. And recently, in the last number of years, uh, the Lord's been telling me some things that are happening inside of our nation. Primarily, these things have been so that I know how to pray. And there have been personal words, they've been things for me uh, to pursue and to understand. So for about a decade now, I've been hearing these things and I've been pursuing them personally. But recently, uh, in the last two years really, I've begun to see that maybe these things are not just for me personally, that they are something for a larger community. Um, so those that don't know me personally don't know that I am insufferably rational. I have a philosophy degree. I have been a thinker and a reader and an intellectual uh, for my whole life. started reading Soren Kierkegaard when I was 12 and reading theology and existentialism and nihilism, which was not my favorite period, uh, my nihilist period. Um, it's pretty dark, pretty dark philosophy. But I have a degree in philosophy, and so I, I, I'm very rational. But there is another piece to the reality of living on this earth connected to God. And that is that the information that you can receive, the knowledge that you have doesn't just come from inside of yourself or using your rational mind. There's another source of information. And it's the Holy Spirit. It's the voice of God that speaks to us. And that is, for me, it's hard because it's still wildly subjective. Like, I want to read facts and history and science, and those things still feel to me like more real because I can look and I can point to an external object that's verifiable. Um, but the prophetic or the words that we hear from God about ourselves, words of encouragement, edification, consolation, words of revelation or wisdom or understanding about things that are coming, those things are much harder to verify and they are subjective. Now, that doesn't mean that because they're subjective, they're not true and that they're not valuable. And for me, I live in both worlds of both this rationality, this empiricism of wanting to see, touch, taste, feel, hear, sensory experience things. And also there's an internal voice that I have that I understand and I've cultivated over 10, 12 years of direct pursuit of this as understanding that it's the voice of God. So I wanted to share a little bit about what I feel like God told me about what's coming in America in 2018. Every year for the past couple of years, I've spent an afternoon away on December 31st or January 1st asking the Lord to tell me what he's doing. I want to know what he's doing. You know what? Because if you, if you know what God is doing, then you can do it with him. And if you see what he's doing, you can participate. And oftentimes, you guys, when the world is shaking, when stuff is spiraling out of control, which it most certainly feels that way, when you hear the voice of God and you know that you know, beyond just this mind, mental, ascent, rational empiricism that, that traps me so much of the time, beyond that, there is a voice that brings peace, that passes your understanding, that guards your heart in Jesus. That's the scriptures and it's truth. So I want to share with you something that I felt like the Lord told me on January 1st as it relates to 2018. I waited six or seven months to share it, uh, mainly because I didn't feel like it was time. 
But there's one specific piece that I want to share with you that I feel like is very directly connected to the season that we're in right now. Um, it's the end of July currently, and uh, the United States is undergoing a midterm election season that's going to be heating up pretty dramatically. There is a lot of stuff flowing around in our nation, both politically, economically, socially, spiritually. And uh, I wanted to weigh in a little bit on what I felt like God said and understand so that we can understand where we are. And to the degree that it's helpful to you, I'm submitting this for your consideration. So this is what I felt like the Lord said. Um, I'm just going to read it. It's about a paragraph. I'm going to read it. I'm going to post it uh, in, in, this, um, in the comment feed on this YouTube channel and also on my website, adamschindler.com, in a blog entry. So you can read this. But I want to read it to you, and then I'm going to interpret it because it hinges on a biblical passage in Daniel 6. And then I want to give you a little bit more understanding about it. This is what I felt like the Lord told me on January 1st, 2018. He said, just like Daniel 6, where the political elite grew through thronging assembly, so too will the American government begin to see a thronging agreement of top-ranking officials seeking to undermine the godly counsel given to the president. The future of this nation is being directed by the hand of God once more. This is going to be challenged in 2018 in remarkable ways. It will be thwarted by my miraculous hand, so that the world will know I am in the midst of my people, America. The schemes and the pilfering hearts of the enemies of the United States will be discovered and dismantled between June and September 2018. Come October, a new light on the midterm elections will dawn, and the sea of dread will once again set in for the enemy when all his carefully laid plans get exposed and destroyed. So that's a really specific word in January of this year about the season that we're in right now, the time between June and September. So the period beginning all the way through June to the end of September, uh, it makes reference to midterm elections. And the reference is um, about the exposure of things that are in secret, the exposure of, of schemes and plans to pilfer, which is to steal, to take, to illegitimately remove uh, in large quantities, not just small amounts, massive quantities of theft and illegitimate, um, illegitimate extraction from America, schemes and pilfering hearts of the enemies. And I want to say this really directly up front. I do not believe that our true enemies are humans at all. I believe we have an enemy that seeks to influence and undermine our nation, our minds, our own lives. Um, but they find willing partners in a lot of people. And so one of the examples, and the example that, that the Lord used to help me sort of understand this was something from Daniel 6. I had been reading Daniel 6 earlier in the week uh, when I heard this word a year or so ago or half a year ago. And I, I had done a little word study on Daniel 6 because something caught my eye. And I want to give you that quick little study and then give you some interpretation about it. So in Daniel chapter 6, um, the, the new king Darius is the king over Assyria, Babylon and Assyria, uh, and Daniel gets set up as one of the officials. But there were about 120 satraps that were also appointed, and these were provincial governors um, in, in the ancient days. 
So these were high-ranking governmental officials like cabinet level or government, high-ranking government level officials that were also set up. But Daniel rose to the top and he began to get favor in the eyes of the king because of his exceeding wisdom and abilities. And this, this sort of bothered the other officials. Uh, the other officials in the government were not happy that Daniel had so much authority inside of the government. They, th- this guy, Daniel, had a long history at this point of not going along with the king, of being allegiant to something outside of the governmental system, outside of the corruption, outside of the things that all of the government leaders could control, manipulate, and manage. Daniel had an allegiance outside of that. And that was very destabilizing to the government, to the, to the government that sought to control and manipulate with no reference to the people, just internally. And this really bothered them. But Daniel kept rising and rising, and he continued his allegiance to God and to the king and not just to this, you know, manipulative government. So these satraps, these 120 people, they were very disturbed about this, that Daniel kept rising, and they wanted to do something about it. And so they put out a search, and they searched his life, and they searched everything about Daniel. And verse 4, it says, of Daniel 6, verse 4, it says, The high officials and the satraps sought to find a ground for complaint against Daniel with regard to the kingdom. But they sought, they looked, they tried to find a complaint, but... It says they could find no ground for complaint or any fault because he was faithful and no error or fault was found in him. So what they were doing was some kind of a special counsel looking for the problems uh, to uncover in Daniel's past, digging and digging and digging. And they come to the conclusion that they can't find anything like they can't. There's nothing to find. Daniel is pure. There's no fault to be found in him. And so they decide, well, we did our special counsel and we decided there's no fault to be found, so we're going to leave Daniel alone. No, that's not what they did. Verse 5, Daniel 6. Then these men, the government operatives inside of the kingdom that didn't like that Daniel had allegiance outside of their own network. Verse 5, then these men said... We shall not find any ground for complaint against this Daniel unless we find it in connection with the law of his God. Okay, so they decide that they're not going to be able to get Daniel for anything he's done. Now they need to entrap Daniel and use his spirituality, his religious um, uh, uh, affections, allegiances. They're going to use religion to attack and to capture Daniel. So then, sound familiar? Verse 6, Then these high officials and satraps came by agreement to the king and said to him, O King Darius, live forever. All the high officials of the kingdom and the prefects and the satraps, the counselors, the governors, are agreed that the king should establish an ordinance and enforce an injunction that whoever makes petition to any god or man for 30 days except you shall be cast into the den of lions. So these government leaders come to the king by agreement. I want to talk about that. That word agreement is a unique Aramaic word. Daniel was most likely written all entirety in Aramaic, um, but this section was. And the, the word there in Aramaic is used three times in the scriptures, and it's used in Daniel 6 three times. And the word means 
thronging assembly, which is kind of a funny way to say mob. Like they came, they, they, they worked everybody up and they came like a mob. They came into agreement. All of these leaders and these people inside of the government, they joined together because they could find no legitimate accusation against Daniel. So they joined together in a mob-like mentality and they attacked Daniel from a religious and spiritual, personal character level perspective. And so they come to the king in this mob agreement and they say, king, you have to make this, this rule. They're playing on his vanity and they're saying, king, you know, make, make, it a, make a rule that nobody can, can pray to any other God except for you for 30 days. And the king is like, this isn't a very good idea. And he didn't really see the value in it. But the scriptures say that, um, that, that therefore King Darius signed the document and the injunction. And they put pressure on him. And part of the pressure was that once he signed an injunction, he could not unsign an injunction. It was bound by the rules of the Medes and the Persians that once a king made an injunction, even the king himself could not undo it. So essentially, they wanted, through mob rule and pressure, to get the king to do something he could not undo so they could use that as a trap to attack the person they hated on personal, spiritual, character-level questions. So they do this, and um, the king signs this injunction. Well, verse 10 in Daniel 6, Daniel finds out the document was signed, and it says this, verse 10, Daniel 6, Then Daniel went to his house where he had windows in his upper chamber open towards Jerusalem. He got down on his knees three times and prayed and gave thanks to before his God as he had done previously. So Daniel has a prayer room. Makes sense, right? Nothing to see here. Prayer room facing Jerusalem. Praise, right? Verse 11. Then these men, the government operatives, coming in mob rule to the king, it says, then these men came by agreement and found Daniel making petition and plea before his God. So they came by agreement. There's that word again. They came in a mob and they found Daniel making a plea to God. They found Daniel praying. Well, where did these government rulers go to find Daniel praying? His house, upstairs, in his private house, his private residence. So they come by mob to get the king to, to do some legal maneuver. And then the mob of these government leaders and officials start prying into the private personal business of Daniel. And they catch him praying in his private house on the third floor. So these people either enter his house or have people that are looking through the windows. It's like the government raids the house of Daniel. Like they raid it. And they catch him doing what was against the judges or the king's edict. But they came by agreement, by mob rule. And they take Daniel and they take him back to the king. And they bring him before the king. And it says that, verse 14, um, they, had, they brought Daniel to the king. They accused him in front of the king. And verse 14, it says this. Then the king, when he heard these words, the accusations against Daniel, he was much distressed and set his mind to deliver Daniel. And he labored till the sun went down to rescue him. So the king was trying to find a legal way to get out of this. He realized the trap had been set um, and he was trying to find a way out of it. Verse 15. 
But then these men came by agreement to the king and said to the king, Know, O king, that is the law of the Medes and the Persians, that no injunction or ordinance that the king establishes can be changed. There's that word again, agreement. They come to the king after he has been deliberating with his law council, his attorneys on staff. He's been trying to figure out a way to to legally maneuver this and get Daniel out. And the mob of the government operatives come again and force the king into this. And the king says, I've got to do it. And listen to this. He tells Daniel to be thrown into the lion's den. Verse 16. And the king declared to Daniel, Daniel, may your God, whom you serve continually, deliver you. So the king knew that Daniel was serving God and he cried out for God to deliver him. So that's a little bit of the context of Daniel 6. There's a lot there. But what what is fascinating to me is that what's going on in Daniel 6 is that there is a power play at the level just below the king or the president of the nation with operatives inside the government that are using mob rule across all of the different areas of the government. The satraps were prefects and satraps and people all around, stationed all throughout the the realm of of, um, the government. And they all joined together in all these different groups and they used mob pressure and organized crime, essentially, to get the king to do something he didn't want to do, to go and pry into the life of Daniel, the personal life, to capture him doing something wrong, accuse him publicly of nothing, and then to throw him into a pit where he would be torn apart by lions. And God said, January 1st, that this year, between September and between June and September, we would see this kind of thing start to really deeply happen in the United States. And I think this is an excellent example of what is going on in Washington, D.C. I believe that there are so many people inside of the government that are coming together in thronging assembly, in mob rule. They have been searching for a way to dismantle, to discredit, and to get out of office the president, the duly elected president of the United States. They have been searching and searching, and they have found nothing. So through mob rule, they've devised another way to character assassinate and to take him down based on his own personal private life, his own private dealings. People are going in and raiding the president's personal files through his attorney and all kinds of egregious things. The federal government raided the personal effects of the president of the United States when they raided his lawyer attorney's office a couple of months ago. That didn't get a whole lot of press. But man, is it fit with this Daniel 6. And then what happens is this mob comes and forces the king to do some legal maneuver. They trap him in some kind of a legal thing. And it looks dark. And Daniel gets thrown into the den of lions and it looks dark. And you all, this is where I believe that we are in America right now. If you have tuned your heart in and you're listening to the voice of God, the Spirit of God, and you have heard him say, pray for the President of the United States, pray for the direction of this nation, pray for what is going on here. If you have done that and heard him and you've not been swept up in the mob rule and the thronging assembly of those that seek to undermine the nation, this is not just about politics, y'all. This is about the future and the destiny of the United States. 
And if you have not been swept away into this mob, you are looking at a situation where you feel like the president of the United States has been thrown into the den of lions and they are about to be torn apart. But I'm telling you that the Lord spoke to me and he said, the schemes and the pilfering hearts of the enemies will be found out and exposed between June and September 2018. Come October, a new light will dawn on the midterm elections and a sea of dread will descend upon the enemies when they discover that all their best laid plans have come to nothing. I'm telling you, it looks like we've been thrown into the den of lions. But let me tell you this, the God whom President Trump faithfully serves, the God whom you people who pray and hear the heart of the Father, that God whom you faithfully serve, whether you're a conservative, whether you're a liberal, a progressive, when you tap your heart in to the voice of the Father, whether you agree with social policies or political stuff or not, you can see there is an egregious, aggressive, mob-like mentality that has taken over the left and the far left that are attacking our president. And hundreds of thousands of people in the Democratic Party are walking away from this because they've seen it. And I want to tell you, it looks like the U.S., the president and his purposes have been thrown into the den of lions. But I want to tell you, the God whom he faithfully serves will deliver him. And I'm telling you, do not lose heart. It may look bad, but keep praying. Keep praying against the mob mentality that is taking over the left and taking over the media. Keep praying against the things that are actively seeking to undermine and accuse the president personally. Pray for his wisdom. Pray for revelation. Pray for understanding. Pray for good policy. Pray for the peace of Jerusalem, for the peace of Iran in Tehran. Pray, but do not lose heart. There's coming a morning when we will see that all of the plans of the enemy have been discovered. The den that was filled with hungry beasts, they could not devour what God was doing. And the purposes of God will still continue to move out in our nation. Things are not done. They are not over. They are just getting started. We have a decade of a battle with globalism ahead of us, but we are fighting it. We are strong and we are connected. So be encouraged. Watch, pray, read the news, but read it in the light of the voice of the Father and the heart of Daddy as He speaks to you. Thank you for listening to this. Please comment, like, and share this video. Go to my website, adamschindler.com. You can find more stuff like this. Appreciate your time. God bless you.